0: Hello, and welcome back to Gentleman, Redefining Manhood in the 21st Century. My name is Arjuna. I'm your host. I sat here for a long time in front of my microphone tonight, trying to collect my thoughts. I was so excited to record. I just, I had so much inspiration. Then I I found that when I actually sat down in front of the mic, I was having a really hard time gathering my thoughts and getting clear about what it was exactly I wanted to talk about. But parts of this project, for me, the raw side of it is having it be a discovery. Pushing myself to talk about stuff even if it's uncomfortable for me. Showing up for this even if it's uncomfortable for me. So this is me pushing my perfectionistic edge. I am showing up for this conversation because I really want to. If that means I'm a little unprepared sometimes, well, so be it. I had a conversation with a friend of mine today. I was telling him about this podcast and we were talking about man stuff, I suppose. He was telling me about how he'd had this experience of talking about men's groups, talking about how some people in his life have actually been deeply skeptical around the concept of a men's group or have taken issue with it. Especially non-men have criticized the idea of the men's group. And I've encountered this too. I have attended men's groups. There are two that I have been a regular contributing member of, and then there's at least one other one that I have visited a number of times. So I'm, I'm fairly familiar with the concept. I've seen a number of different examples of how they can be conducted. I have invariably found them to be valuable spaces. In fact, the moment I have shown up to any of these events, the value of it is immediately apparent to me. And even in thinking about it, it feels so important to me and so necessary to me and so vital. So, you know, the idea of a men's group being a bad thing or a questionable thing, uh, it, it caught me a little off guard at first when I heard this opinion when I've gotten into it a little bit and teased it out a little bit, the themes that I'm hearing are people being worried about men's groups reinforcing or enhancing questionable goals or ideals. I think perhaps the impression is of men's groups being kind of like a slightly more touchy-feely version of the good old boys club, where it's just a bunch of back slapping and cracking sexist jokes and boying around, which is so often the preserve of men. There are so many examples of this, the locker room and men going out to the bar and frat boys and the unsavory side of sports teams and all this kind of stuff the army, right? We have all of these ready examples of when you get a group of men together, all kinds of uncouth bad things happen. There's a clearly established precedent for why someone might find the concepts to be questionable. I take no issue with forming that impression. What I find so valuable about the concept of the men's group is that for some men, a men's group might be the first place they have ever gone to in their entire life where they feel like there might be some receptivity to their vulnerability or to their challenge, or that there might be a safe place for them to finally feel their feelings. For non-men listening to this, I just I want to highlight how important this is for men. If you haven't been socialized male, you may never fully understand the depth of the isolation that so many men feel as a result of the way they were raised. There's this perception of men palling around and kidding around and having fun and cracking jokes and laughing and wrestling. And it can appear from a distance to be a very fun and a very friendly and even a very intimate experience. And and these relationships can appear to have a lot of intimacy, you know, a lot of touching, wrestling, smacking each other's butts. And there are definitely ways in which men can manifest kind of like an affectionate manner towards each other. Even in a very kind of homophobic, hetero way, there are still these, these ways in which it's kind of okay, it's acceptable to touch another man. And that rigidly codified, so as long as men follow those rules, that kind of okay. So it's easy to have this perception that all of the men participating are like feeling great and comfortable and having a good time. And I think what so often gets missed around this stuff is how much is going unsaid and how unwelcome so many parts of the whole human experience are in most of the majority of those male-only spaces. And just how punishing men can be of other men when those other men try to express sensitivity or vulnerability or tenderness or kindness and how punitive men can be with other men when they step outside of the realms of what are considered to be normal male behavior and the retribution is often swift and could take the form of physical violence could take the form of verbal abuse can get called all kinds of names a fag a pussy it might result in getting slammed up against lockers more. It might result in being ostracized in small ways or sometimes even in large ways. Having even just one slip up where you let a deeper part of your emotional experience show. That might be it for you. You cry once on the soccer field or you share one vulnerable story with another man and all of a sudden you're a laughingstock and all of a sudden no one can respect you anymore. Maybe you lose status over it. Maybe you lose your position on the team over it. Maybe you lose your membership in a club over it. Or if you challenge other men who are behaving badly, those things can happen to you as well. I say all of this only to emphasize the cost that it can come with as a man to really show up with your feelings and your vulnerabilities. One of the most courageous things a man can do is to be in front of other men and just say, Hey, I'm feeling insecure about something. Sometimes I feel weak because of this. Sometimes I feel sad or cry because of this. I feel diminished because of this circumstance in my life. Sometimes I don't know what I'm doing and I feel like I'm out of control. I feel these pressures in my life and I don't know whether I'm up to them. And I'm worried that all of this might make me less of a man might reflect poorly on my manhood. It's heavy. It's heavy living your whole life not being able to share these things even with your closest friends, even with your male relatives. Maybe your male relatives are the very people who've been reinforcing to you that you can't share these things. Maybe it's your dad telling you to buck up and quit being a girl, quit crying, quit having feelings, quit being a nice sensitive person. There's no room for that. You can't be that. It's not allowed. Men don't do that. Real men certainly don't do that. You've got to be strong. You've got to be tough. You've got to keep going. You've got to push through. You've got to break through. You've got to crush it. You're a man. You've got to crush it. That's the message. That's what we hear over and over and over and over and over again. If you're not doing those things, you're not measuring up. And if you're not being those things, there's no room for you, there's no room for your feelings. There's no room for your failure. There's no room for your weakness. There's no room for your sadness, your gentleness, even sometimes for your creativity or your artistry. Sometimes you go to a men's group and you encounter a man and this is the first time he has ever shared with anybody some particular aspect of his pain or some particular part of the experience of manhood which is troubling him which is a hurt that he's carrying around that he has never felt safe enough to share or talk about. This happens all the time in men's groups. This happens every day in men's groups. And yes, I'm sure a lot of misguided things happen too. I'm sure a lot of men give each other bad advice. I'm sure a lot of men model for each other bad male behavior. I'm sure that plenty of men's groups are conducted in ways that evaluated by an impartial judge would come up wanting or be found questionable. But I think behind the majority of men's groups, there is a sincere desire for self-improvement and a sincere desire for men to show up in ways that feel honorable to them and in ways that are seeking improvement. And to even have the space to try is a big deal. And to have the space to try and fail is a big deal. Sometimes it's really important to have the space to hear yourself saying problematic things and to have that space be a rarefied space in which you know that people are listening and you know that your quality has to be high. Sometimes men come to men's groups and they might share something which is misogynistic or they might share something which is homophobic or judgmental or racist. And I think sometimes that's where the the self-conversation begins, is you hear yourself say something or you hear somebody else say something and you realize that's not right, that doesn't feel good. I can't believe I just said that or I can't believe I've been feeling this for decades. It's only when we have a space to even explore that we can begin to feel safe enough to take these things on, spot each other, help each other out. And I've seen so much of this going on in Mm -hmm. men's groups. If you've been enjoying the Gentleman Podcast, I'd like to ask you for your help. Growing a community and an online presence takes a lot of participation from listeners such as yourself to really help things take off. If you value this show and it has been meaningful in your life, help me out by doing one of the following. Leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen recommending it via word of mouth to your friends and family is another massive way that you can help this podcast grow. Following on social media and liking the content, Gentleman Podcast is our Instagram handle. You can also find us on YouTube at Gentleman Podcast, three words. I really appreciate your help and your support. It's one of the things that will help me to keep making this content and to keep making it better as well. Thank you. So I can't say that, you know, nothing is categorically good or categorically bad, but I think men's groups are really important. I think the work of men trying to improve themselves is really important. It will be deeply imperfect work. There will be plenty of misguided action, and there will be plenty of mistakes. I encourage men to do it anyway. This is the hard work which makes the world a better place. This is the hard work which creates self-improvement. You can't shortcut that stuff. You can't magically grow out of it. You can't just jump from a sexist generation to a non-sexist generation. You can't just wake up one morning and, and discover that your children are less misogynistic than you are. I mean, it happens, but it happens because of hard work. It happens because of cultural shifts. It happens because people are on the front lines doing this, raising the cultural awareness, educating. Most importantly, doing the work of introspection and and people catching themselves and saying, I can't do this anymore. Men can't do this anymore. We need to do things differently. It's messy work and it has to happen somewhere. I think men's groups are a great place to do it. Sometimes people might object to the exclusive nature of, of a men's group. Like what? No one else is invited? That sounds familiar. It's like a special men's club. The whole world's a special men's club. What's new? I can understand that. It can also be nice to have a space where you can grapple with something difficult and not, you know, not wound the people around you, not commit microaggressions or even greater aggressions to not perpetuate somebody else's trauma. That's important. There are reasons why having that kind of exclusivity can be good. It's important that there are women-only spaces. I think it's important there are safe spaces where anybody of any identity can show up and say, I feel like my identity is mirrored here among the people I hang out with. It's important that those aren't the only spaces. Mixed spaces are very important as well. And of course, there's been a lot of dialogue around, well, if you have a male-only space or a women-only space or even a queer or non-binary-only space, what does that mean? How do you define that? These are really important questions. Each gathering defines that in their own way. Those are important conversations to have, and I I don't think that there's a unilateral solution. I think it's the conversation which is important. It's people being in dialogue and listening to each other and trying to reach conclusions which are heartfelt and which seek to address the particular situations and the particular individuals in question so often people want to have these kind of they want to be right about things they want to come up with the right way they want to conduct their business in a way that checks all the boxes and follows all of the rules and i think that that comes from a good place you know people wanting to do the right thing people sometimes wanting to do the right thing so hard it's almost like to a fault. What I learn more and more about these conversations is that there are some ways which are clearly the right way to do things. And then I think that there are other situations where, boy, it's subjective and you've just got to talk. You've just got to share. You've got to figure it out. got to hear people talk about their experience and let it move you and see where it moves you. See where it shows what you need to do. I don't judge, you know, as a man, if I, if I hear someone talking about a women-only space or a safe space for women without men, totally get it. That sounds great. Glad that exists. And I think it's important for men to have male-only spaces sometimes. And that they can, each one can define that however they like and deal with the ramifications of that. But I think men's groups are really important, and I hope they continue There's just one last thing I want to say about this, and that's I think sometimes people conflate men's work or the kind of male empowerment that I'm talking about. They conflate that with men's rights activism. I suppose there's there's been an undercurrent of this always, but there's a particular movement going on right now, which is a certain iteration of the idea that men are actually the victims of social change and that they point to what many think of as social progress in the realms of gender equality. They point to that as being threatening to the male way of life. And I suppose if you ascribe to a patriarchal view of things, if you do think that men should be privileged and if you do think that anyone who isn't a man should ultimately be subservient to men on some level or, or settle for less, then I suppose it is threatening. It is very threatening to your worldview to hear people talk about dismantling oppression and smashing the patriarchy. If you identify with the patriarchy, then it's threatening. And so there's this movement of men's rights activists who are trying to protect the rights of men to be boorish and to feel superior and to continue committing violence and to continue feeling entitled and to continue having the privileges they've enjoyed for thousands of years. I want to make a very clear distinction between that kind of activism and the work which I think of as as true male empowerment. And it's not even. I don't think men need to be empowered. I think they just need to be connected. I think they just need to be encouraged to feel their feelings. It's not necessarily in this case about empowerment, or if it is empowerment, it's the empowerment of the heart. It's the empowerment of of finding real courage. It's the empowerment of being a whole human being. It's that kind of empowerment, which is real empowerment, which isn't a fake, propped up, inflated false empowerment, which only leads to domination and violence. So I absolutely and in no uncertain terms do not advocate for men's rights as it concerns the men's rights activists. They're misguided. They are frankly the last gasps of a dying notion of what men should be. And they're feeling increasingly backed into a corner and they're lashing out like cornered animals because they they know their way is being threatened. That's no kind of manhood I want to participate in. I want to see men knowing their feeling selves more. I want to see men understanding patriarchy and how it has hurt everybody, including themselves. I want for men to understand how they, as well, are victims of the patriarchy and how you can be a victim of something and still a perpetrator of that same thing. Being a victim of the patriarchy does not excuse you from being a perpetrator of the patriarchy. Everybody is accountable for their actions, ultimately, but there is a lot of work for men to do, and that work needs to happen somewhere. So, thank you, and I'll catch you next time.